All right, good morning. It's good to see you all. All those who are kindergarten through fifth grade, if you all would make your way to the front here and join your teachers who are going to lead you downstairs. Uh, if you're a visitor this morning, we welcome you. Also, if your children uh, who are kindergarten through fifth grade would like to join the other group as they go down, uh, they may join them and, and welcome that. I also want to let parents know you could head down with them anytime you want to come and, and figure out what's going on with their lesson. They're going to go through their lesson uh, during this time. So I appreciate those adults who are, take that time to, to teach them in this. So uh, if you are a visitor and your child is in this group, just directly afterwards, uh, you could either follow some other parents down to where they are or ask at the Welcome Center and they'll direct you as to where they could be uh, picked up. If they're not picked up, Anybody volunteer to take any absent children home? Any, anybody? Uh, no? Okay. Well, anyway, please pick up your children. <laughs> We're going to start a new, we, we are actually beginning a new series today, and that series is entitled Life After Death. Life After Death. Uh, Eric has created a, a, the, the paradox, especially when you think about the world, what does the world think about that? That, that is just a lot of question marks around that. What do you mean life after death? But we know and understand. Matter of fact, our minds goes to, uh, in, instead of like the world, well, we think of casket and, and a lifeless body without a beating heart or air-filling lungs. Uh, our mind goes there. But what we think about is, is there's a life that continues on because of what God has given us in Christ. But, but actually, what we want us to be thinking about in this series, life after death, is probably best explained by Paul when he says in Romans 6, verse 11, he said, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You see, I, I believe this life after, the death, after death is the life that those of us who are in Jesus are living right now. It's the life that we are living uh, with Jesus as Lord of us and, and what that looks like. So in the next few months, we're going to talk about what life is like uh, in living in Jesus. Mark uh, spoke about the Holy Spirit. We're going to have some sermons focused on the Holy Spirit. Not one, but, but a few sermons worked throughout uh, uh, speaking about the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I think Eric is going to be preaching on walk by the Spirit that passage of scripture. So look forward to that. Eric's going to preach. Are you encouraged? Sure. sure. <laughs> With all the enthusiasm that Eric can muster, sure. <laughs> He's already preparing on that. And I know uh, Matthew is going to have a, a sermon. Uh, we also, and I'll let you know a little ahead of time, uh, a, a young man named Ty Zimmerman, and many of you will know him from community. We're going to ask him to come and, and preach one of our sermons, I believe, in October. And so I'm excited for that opportunity. Sounds like Ronnie's going to have a lot of sit-down time. woo <laughs> You don't have to respond to that. No, I, I, and I gotta, I'll be honest with you. I love to hear these young men preach. I love them to have that opportunity. I'm not selfish with the pulpit. I love to preach. i, I got to tell you. I, and when I talk about preaching... To me, it's not up speaking for people. It is is having the opportunity to open the God's word and to speak about God's word. Take away God's word. I want to sit down. <laughs> I don't really have anything to say. So I, I hope, please, please do this for me. Pray up this series, Life After Death. 
what it means to live a life dead to sin, but alive in Christ Jesus. What that life ought to look like and, and the parts of it. There, there's so much that we have in, in store for you here the next several weeks, next few months. Uh, this morning, as you can tell by the title, uh, my focus is to just start at the beginning. And it, it, the beginning is the gospel. Gospel means good news or good story. It is the good story of God's salvation. Matter of fact, that's the way Paul uh, lays it out for us in the book of Romans. I could have gone so many places in this topic of the gospel. Uh, but I wanted to, uh, a majority of the scriptures that I'll be using is from the book of Romans. And, and so if you want to open the book of Romans, we're going to be going through several. Matter of fact, I'm going to start in chapter 1 of what Paul started uh, in, in verses 16 and 7, what he said concerning the gospel. In, verses 16, in verse 16, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God. For the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. We're going to get back into verse 17 a little bit uh, later. But in, in verse 16, I believe he defines what the gospel is. That gospel is a... Uh, it, excuse me, is, is the power of God for the salvation for all those who believe. Did you hear that? The, the gospel, the good news, is that God has provided a salvation for those who believe. And, and matter of fact, in your outline, I, I've laid out that description. God's message of salvation is the good news of the scriptures. Or we could say, more specific, is the good news of Jesus. God's story, his salvation for you and I. Woo. Uh, the gospel is, is amazing to us. And I, I want to lay it out for you this morning. If I were to sit down uh, with you and to, to talk to you specifically about the gospel, uh, there are three specific keys that are so important in, in telling you the gospel message. And, and so each one is going to form the point we have this morning. So I want to begin here. The first point, and is very important to the gospel mer uh, message, is, is the state of, of who we are uh, before God uh, in, in our sinfulness. The, the first point is this. We all deserve God's punishment because of our sin. We all deserve God's punishment because of our sinfulness. All of us do. And, and that punishment is severe. Uh, Paul goes on in, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, where he says, For all have sinned. It doesn't say for some have sinned. It doesn't say for a majority have sinned. It says that we all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, you know, the world around us, they don't want to hear about sinfulness. They don't want to hear us talk about our sins, our imperfections. We should just talk about the positive, right? And, and leave behind the negative. But the gospel message is clear. And, and the scripture is very clear to identify who we are. And that, the fact that we are sinners. 
I, I find that the world responds in a couple of ways, especially uh, doing some looking and reading different articles and things. I, I know this is exactly world, where the world has gone with the message that, hey, we are all sinners before God. What they've done is, in, in one article, I actually read this, and I, I agreed with the beginning part. In, in this one sentence, it said, sin is the single most destructive force, right? Sin is the single most destructive force. But then it goes on in this sentence to say, sin is the most destructive force implanted into the human psyche. What, what they go on to say is, hey, listen, the idea of sinfulness is a problem for us. To be able to talk about sinfulness, you're, here, you're, you're, you're affecting the world of people around you. They're feeling defeated. They're feeling imperfect. Oh, so stop talking about sinfulness. Matter of fact, in the article, you know what their conclusion is? Oh, there is no God. There is no God. And if there is no God, then hey, we don't have to worry about sinfulness. There is no such thing as sinfulness. If there is no holy God. Oh, all right. Well, then you're okay and I'm okay. What are we doing here? Let's go home. That, that, that really is the idea. If we remove God, then all the troubles that the world has goes away. Because there is no such thing as sin. Another way, uh, and even for those to, that acknowledge, oh, there is a God, but he's a loving God. And, and, and he does not condemn. Uh, he, he forgives. That's, that's the God that a lot of people know, and some are even preaching. And it absolutely, in that message, it absolutely ignores the word of God. It, it, it absolutely ignores what God has said. Uh, listen, but we're a people of the Word. We're a people of the Word. Matter of fact, it is because of the Word that I identify there is a God, a holy and righteous God, who from the beginning created and, and has, has, has given us life. And He led people throughout history, Abraham and Moses and, and, and all the prophets and Deborah and Ruth. And He worked through people moving history. And He sent to us Jesus. And, and through his word, and identifying that throughout history, just not identifying the word, places and, and activities and nations identified in history and other places besides the Bible that acknowledges, oh yes, God is. And he continues to work in the world today for his people. He continues to work today in the gospel message. I want to also uh, share you with share with you that that we do believe the contents of this word the contents that speaks to who our God is that he is a holy God a holy and righteous God that he created and it was good and the fact that sinfulness entered in this world with with the opportunity to choose to to obey or disobey humanity has gone the way of disobedience of rebellion against God and oh we see it today matter of fact Romans chapter 1 the rest of Romans chapter 1 talks about that reveals the heart of those who are separated from God continuing to ignore that he exists and and, and for some continuing to ignore that the word has been created and his his uh, nature, his character is laid out for us. He is a holy and righteous God. We don't want any other God except for a holy and righteous God. 
If he were able to just forgive us of our sinfulness, he would cease to be God. And in the fact that he laid out this this, uh, curse upon us because of our sinfulness, and that curse was death, and it requires death to pay that debt. Um, The sentence for sin is death. Romans 6.23, there Paul says, for the wages of sin is death. And, And in this life, you know, the, the, that sinfulness works in you and I. Are you familiar with sinfulness? It, you know, I would ask for a show of hands, but it just means you all must raise your hand. I'm not going to see who's prideful and say, oh, I'm not sin- I'm not, Because the truth is we have all sinned, as it said in that passage. And the punishment, the punishment before God for that sinfulness is death. And we're not just talking about the casket, going back to the casket. We're talking about a death, an eternal death in hell. A a, a tremendous, tremendous punishment that that absolutely separates it from God who loves, cares for, and has been merciful and patient all these years waiting for us to, to, waiting for those who have not made that decision to make that decision. There's a time coming when death does come upon us. Are we ready or not? Have we, have we stepped forward to receive that message? Because of our sinfulness, we deserve God's condemning judgment. Now, so that's, that's the first key. We need to understand. We need to be rescued because we are headed for destruction. We understand that. The second part of this good news is God has provided a means for forgiveness. That's the good story. That's the gospel there. He has provided for us a means to be forgiven of our sinfulness. Now we need this debt of death for our sins to be paid. Now what we're headed for and the reason we're in such dire straits is we're going to have to pay that ourselves. That's the punishment that we receive for our sinfulness. But oh, if someone could take our place, that would be great, right? Well, that's God's provision. He sent someone to take our place. And it wasn't just anybody. We look in the Old Testament. There are a lot of great people in the Old Testament. Abraham, Moses, I've, I've listed them all. Well, I didn't list them all. But there's numerous people in the Old Testament that we've got to identify. Oh, they're listed in, in Hebrews 11 as great people of faith. Why couldn't someone just come along and, and, and go to the cross on our behalf? Again, they, they were great people. They weren't perfect people. They, they had faith that brought righteousness, as it says about Abraham, but they fell short of God's glory as you and I have fallen short of God's glory. What, what is required for someone to die on our behalf is someone to live a perfect life, a sinless life. Therefore, as we know in John 3.16, Therefore, God, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, you know it, that whosoever believes in him shall, shall not perish but have eternal life. Did you hear that? Because of God's love, he sent the perfect sacrifice in Jesus. Man, we really emphasize that here past couple of weeks. It is only Jesus. It is only Jesus. 
to where we could become right with God, the Creator. It is only through, do we understand that? Hopefully that's, that's being pounded. It needs to, because that is the gospel message. It is all about Jesus. He has not given us any other provision. Man, there's no other direction. Well, what if I just obeyed the laws? No, that was tried. And that didn't work. All the law did was continue to condemn us. Every time we failed, what? I'm a sinner. It proved it over and over again. That didn't work. But God's grace and mercy active through the death of Jesus on our behalf. That's what we have. And it is perfect. It is exactly what we need for salvation. Through Jesus' death on the cross, we can receive forgiveness. Romans chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. This is just before that passage. Listen to carefully what Paul says. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. So when we, when we say this again, dead, uh, life after death, I, I don't want us to be thinking about the coffin, okay? What we need to be thinking about is the cross. Life in Jesus. Life in Jesus is what we're looking at. Again, what he says, uh, for we know that our old self was crucified with him. That's, that's an accepting and receiving Jesus' death as our own. So that the body of sin might be done away with. That, that again is dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That is the gospel message. God has provided for us a salvation through Jesus. He has taken our place. Often I've heard people say, well, you know, you don't know what I've done. Are you guilty of saying that? You know, oh, you don't, you don't have no idea of the sin that I've committed. I've, I've heard that before. You know, and, and, and before I said, no, no, you, you need to understand Jesus' sacrifice was perfect. I'm beginning to think that someone just wants to continue in their sinfulness. I, I believe, I'm starting to believe that people who say that just, well, you don't know what I've done, and you don't know what I continue to do and what I don't want to let go of. You don't know. But Jesus' death is exactly what we need for us to be forgiven. It's exactly the debt that needs to be paid for our sinfulness in order for us to be cleansed through his blood and accepted by God and back into a good relationship with him. That's the gospel message. Now, the third key point that's very important in this gospel message is there must be a response there must be a response. I mean, Jesus didn't die, and okay, we're all forgiven, then that's okay. Boo, yay. There has to be a response. Scripture's very clear. It calls, even in John 3, 16, there has to be a response, right? Believe. The third, third point, I better read that. Uh, you must respond to the gospel to receive God's salvation. That's the, that's the point. And, uh, and, and definitely the first, uh, first point I want to make in that is, Belief, the very simple idea that we need to believe. What do we need to believe? Well, we need to believe that, Jesus, that God has provided us a salvation through Jesus. We need to believe that Jesus is that Son of God and that He died upon the cross for our sinfulness and that He rose again. 
You need, we need to put our, our faith in, and trust in what God has done for us. Matter of fact, faith, uh, intimately tied with belief. I believe that, that faith is that activity of our believing, the moving forward. Faith, faith to me, a lot of times seems like that action word. Uh, John Farrell read uh, Hebrews chapter 11, all the faith chapter, and, and all those, all through there is activity of people, and, and what was so significant is they actively believe God, even in difficult circumstances, even in their brokenness, they actively believed God throughout, and that was what was so incredible about them, they believed God, they trusted God, that's what he calls for from you and I, that we believe what God has done for us, and we actively follow after him through faith. Now, there are some specifics as laid out in scriptures uh, that, that talks about what are some of the things that we need to do. Confession is one of those things. Con and when I say confession, yeah, repentance of sin, we'll tie that together. But confessing that Jesus is Lord, that he is the Christ. Well, we believe it, now speak it. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's very specific, isn't it? For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. It, it, it is speaking it. I, I believe it's, it's important to do it in front of others, to, to be able to say, you know I believe that Jesus is that Christ. He is that Messiah that God sent. He is the, the son of the living God. And he died and he lives on my behalf. He is my Lord. So, so it is con confessing that truth. It is also about repenting, confessing our sins, repenting and being baptized. I'm going to combine the two. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. In that first sermon that Peter preached... When, when, when the people who were listening to his message, going through the Old Testament scriptures concerning David and the promise that, that his throne is going to continue forever. And that, oh, listen, hey, and, and this Jesus who you crucified, God has made him both Lord and Christ, or, or, or Lord and Savior. And, and they said, oh, what, what do we need to do to be saved? And, and, and Peter simply replied, you need to repent and be baptized. Repentance is, is not just being sorry for myself. Oh, I'm so sorry. It, it is a recognition of our sinfulness. What I said earlier, to recognize and to take ownership, I am sinful and I am deserving God's punishment. And, and, and it's not just that. It is recognizing the sin that I'm currently in and that I currently uh, continue to, to, to exist in and turning my back on that life and now uh, living and, and moving towards living tor for, uh, on behalf of God. Looking to live a righteousness that represents the life of those who follow after Christ. I, I, I am repenting of my sin. Partly tied to that is this baptism, which is re repentance is, 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 boy, it's a weekly thing. It's a daily thing for me. I find myself, you know, just even in the Lord's Prayer, you know, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. It's saying, forgive me of my sins, O Lord, as I forgive those, as I act in, in forgiving others. You know, it, it, Jesus made a part of that, well, how do we pray? It, it, there's a continued movement towards repenting and asking for forgiveness. Uh, it, baptism, 
is, is really a one-time thing. It's, it's the beginnings of our, when we find out and we understand who Jesus is, baptism is that, that, that burial. You know, when we're, we're, we're taken down to the water, is, is accepting Jesus' death as our own and being raised into a new life. It's another thing that we're called to do, but it is, it is what Paul says, putting on Christ. So it's in the beginnings of our following after Christ. So, so baptism is another thing that we're called to. And, and, and then the final thing after that is oh, living it, I guess you might say. It, it's about growing in holiness. It's not just going about life. Well, I took care of all the details. Woohoo! Going to go ahead and live my life however. Jesus didn't die for us to lie, live however we want to. Jesus died in order for us to live as live his lordship over us we're we're it's about following after him and in the scriptures it calls us to holiness we're to grow in holiness learn to live his righteousness pursue that romans chapter 12 last passage in romans romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says therefore i urge you brothers in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifice holy and pleasing before God this is your spiritual act of worship oh I thought worship was on your bulletin you know singing some songs listening to Ronnie you know standing up praying sitting down and up and down up and down and then we go home I thought that was worship well what what this says about worship is is you know man dying you know living that sacrifice Living that sacrifice on his behalf to be holy, uh, to, to, be, to be pleasing before God, live a life that's pleasing before God. That's worship. Oh, we want to be pleasing before God with our music and what we're doing here as we do it corporately. But it goes on this week. Hey, I'm going to go out living this week as, as a living sacrifice, pursuing that holiness. And, and looking to be pleasing before God. Hey, that is the life that we are called to live. And, and, and verse 2, to move on with that. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. It doesn't bring about that holiness. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you're going to be able to, to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah, don't continue to follow the world. That's what it means to live in Christ. Don't continue to follow after the patterns, the, the designs, the, the pursuits of this world. It, it, it's a new look. It's a new, it's a new pursuit. But, but to, to be transformed by what the Scripture lays out for us, what the Holy Spirit directs us into, what we as a, a body per, pursue, that's his kingdom and his righteousness. Amen? You see, that's, that's the gospel message. That's the gospel message as a whole. We're all sinners and we de deserve death. We are headed to destruction. I mean, matter of fact, if, if you think about sin, sin is destruction all around us. It is the ugliness of this world. Don't blame God. Have you heard that? Oh, man, what a mess. God, what is God doing? I've heard God blame for all kinds of things. And I said, oh man, if you only knew. This is our own doing, humanity's own doing, the ugliness in this world. But, but the good news is this, that God has provided a means for us to be forgiven. A means for us to be restored into relationship with Him. 
And, and it calls for us to respond, to accept, to receive what he's given. He's not going to force it. He's given us his message. Oh, man, I think it's beautifully written in his scriptures. And it's so able, we're, we're so able to pick it up and read it and talk about it on Sunday and, and invest in it and, and learn more and more. Because if we understand this gospel, it changes what we do here on Sunday morning, doesn't it? It changes the songs, the, the, the music that Eric uh, has chosen this morning all spoke about the death and, and the lives that we now live, right? And, and that ought to have meaning and, and, and something that lifts our hearts and encourages us uh, to continue to live for every day because of what God has provided for us through Jesus. Bottom line. I'm going to invite the team to come forward this morning as we enter into this time of invitation. Wow, invitation. I, 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 you know, I know there's some folks that we've been talking and thinking about gospel message. And, and some are, are, are still learning. And, and I, I will tell you, it, it is a time for questions. Boy, if I don't understand every part of this, I, I, I do have questions. And, and, and so there are some of you searching uh, please continue to search. If you come to that time that you know what you need to do and yet have not made that move forward, this time of invitation is for you. The invitation is out that, hey, this means of salvation, Jesus Christ, he was sent to pay your debt. Are you going to receive it? I invite you this morning to receive it, to take it, to make it your own. And, and, and to tr be transformed by the renewing of your mind and, and to no longer, or, or to die to the things of this world, but to live for Jesus. If you, have a, if you have a need for prayer this morning, please make the opportunity this time or definitely pray with someone this morning. And, and if, if there's a matter that, that you would like to pray with uh, me, anything, I'd be glad to, or someone in the back would pray with you as well. Let's all stand. If you have a decision to make this morning, please come.